May 18, 1860, was a chilly, dim-lit day in Chicago. Abraham Lincoln had woken up early, excited to see if his campaigning would have its intended effect. He climbed up the stairs in his plainly furnished law office on the south side of Springfield, Illinois. But the action was going on in Chicago today. Chicago was where the Republican Party that Lincoln had just created would meet to decide who it would nominate as its first presidential candidate for the 1860 elections. Lincoln enjoyed a breakfast of fresh butter, lard, flour, and eggs, but onlookers described the future president as looking and acting nervous, fidgety, and intensely excited. He was ordinarily a patient man, and he could ordinarily have simply waited to hear the feedback from the Republican Party convention in Chicago. He was an experienced politician, after all. He had been through the electoral jitters plenty of times before. But this was another election entirely, of course. The prospect of being nominated to run for the nation's highest public office was weighing heavily on his mind. He tried to get his work done that day at his law firm, but his mind wandered constantly. His younger law partner, William Hendon, liked to joke that in their messy office it was a miracle that either of them ever got work done. But today was an especially difficult day to be productive, with such prospects weighing over Lincoln's head. As a candidate, Lincoln had a lot going for him. He had founded the Republican Party. His story was incredible, as he was the only candidate who could claim to be a self-educated man, a candidate who was born into poverty, into a small log cabin of backcountry Kentucky, of all places. Like the other candidates, he was a lawyer, but unlike them, he had ridden into Springfield on a borrowed horse, with no earthly property save a pair of saddlebags containing a few clothes. Through hard work and dedication alone, Lincoln had managed to climb the ranks of the Whig Party, then create his own party and lead it to national prominence. Few men could boast such an achievement, and it was an achievement that suggested the kind of greatness that voters needed in their new president in these trying times, when Northerners and Southerners were starting to look like two different nations entirely. But the other candidates were established. They were statesmen with connections. They were the obvious frontrunners, while Lincoln was more of an underdog. On May 19th, the New York Herald would comment poorly on the nominations, reflecting the typical anti-Lincoln rhetoric at the time when it wrote, The conduct of the Republican Party in this nomination is a remarkable indication of small intellect growing smaller. They pass over statesmen and able men, and they take up a fourth-rate lecturer who cannot speak good grammar. Unable to focus, Lincoln walked across the street in Springfield and paid his friend James Conkling a visit. Conkling later recalled that the future president came in with a look of disappointment, his head on a cushion and his feet over the end, on Conkling's couch, while he and Conkling tried to talk about anything but the nomination convention. These politicians belonged to a very new generation of Americans. They were still near enough to the Revolution to have met many of the Founding Fathers, and to have fully appreciated its continuing effects. But this new generation of politicians felt ready to break away from the 18th century, to break away from Europe and its continued cultural and political influences, and to propel America into its own unique path of destiny. They were the kind of politicians who had the audacity to create their own political party, and almost immediately cast their eyes on the nation's highest public office. It said a lot about their ambitions, their confidence, their passion for the Republican cause. Conkling would scarcely have guessed, Lincoln's opponents and rivals would scarcely have guessed, and Lincoln, more than anyone else, would scarcely have guessed that this young man, Lincoln, who had no national reputation, no administrative experience of any sort, 
who had served one solitary term in Congress and dried up so much of his own support because of his slavery and anti-war stances that he had no reason to run for re-election. This man who had lost two bids for the Senate. This is the man who would win the Republican Party's nomination convention, then go on to become, by and far, the greatest historical figure of the 19th century, and one of the greatest, if not the greatest, presidents in all of American history.